la 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 Hello everybody and welcome to another Ready, Set, Stream, Gilmore Girls edition. This is season one, episode 13, and this episode is called Concert Interruptus. Yes, everyone, please like, rate, subscribe, share, comment, and where we lead, you can please follow us at the links below. Yes, thank you to our Instagram <laughs> followers. We've had quite a few people who have followed us lately. A lot of activity. Yes, a lot of activity. Some clean, some not. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, we definitely appreciate the clean ones to stay. Is that uh, Instagram interrupt us? <laughs> but yeah, Instagram interrupt us on the non-clean accounts that are kind of flashing into our DMs. It happens. Uh, we don't appreciate those, but we'll move on from that. So I just want to take a second. We're recording this. Well, we're recording it the day before, but you will be hearing it the day of on September 11th. So we just wanted to very briefly just remember this day and... I'll call it what it is. All the lives that... A terrorist attack? A coward attack. Yeah, and all the lives that were lost and people who were in buildings. And, it wasn't and, bad people doing bad things that day. No. It, no. It was bad people doing That's bad things. That's an insult to the lives lost. Yes, and I just want to say for those just sitting in their offices and minding their business and working, that we remember your family members that lost their lives and to all of the police and firefighters and those who volunteered and went in and lost their yes. lives, that we appreciate your sacrifice. And we will never forget. We will not. We also all really want to give a shout out to, to our military yes. for everything that they have done since to help and keep us safe. We support you doing a great job keeping us safe. Absolutely. For any country who's experienced something similar, our hearts go out to you as well. This is a day of remembrance for the world, really, because I know that we're not isolated in this kind of incident. Terror is everywhere. It is. It has been. Just a brief moment of seriousness there. And I know um, we all remember where we were. Yeah. We do, and we keep everyone in our prayers. With that said, this one starts out in Lorelai's bedroom, and she is looking through her closet while Rory lays on the bed, and she's just kind of bemoaning the fact that she has nothing to wear, and Rory's just kind of looking at her incredulous because obviously Lorelai has one thing of things to wear, but she just says that everything in there she wears, and there's nothing that she can give up. So it becomes clear pretty quickly that there's a rummage sale going on, and Lorelai is supposed to be looking for things that she can part with and give away. <laughs> because this is some sort of thing for charity. But she's not making it easy on herself because even though Rory is pointing out a halter top that has rhinestone zebra stripes and tassels on it, Lorelai apparently thinks that she still needs this because she's had it since she was 17. Rory's reminding her how it's for a charity event that she helped organize and she volunteered to actually run. It's like an episode of Porters. Yeah. <laughs> and she's being the one to come in to clean house, you know? <laughs> not to say that Lorelai's closet looks <laughs> like a hoarder's closet, <laughs> no. but just that she doesn't want to give anything up. But she said it was hot in that room that day. I was dehydrated. They could have talked me into anything. And Rory said, well, it was your idea. She said, oh, I am a very sick woman, and that should be apparent to anyone. Mm -hmm. Rory tells her to step away from the closet, please. She just goes in and starts taking a section out of the closet and that she plans to give away. And Lorelai's going nuts. And Rory just keeps going. She walks over to the dresser. She points to the clothes in her arms, and she says, okay, now all of this goes. I want you to come over here this dresser, <laughs> open up the top drawer and take out everything that you'd be embarrassed to be wearing during a car accident and then meet me downstairs. Yeah, she's like, just that 
one right there, right on top. She's like, no, all of it. Then she leaves. I thought this was funny because I get a sentimental attachment to certain things like that, too. So I kind of relate to Lorelai a bit here, although I'm not a pack rat. I do have a couple of members in my family, <coughs> my daughter, that is a, that are pack rats. Just a touch. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So before we move on, I do want to make one statement about how they did Lauren Graham's makeup all throughout season one. Uh-oh. Pet peeve? It is a pet peeve of mine. Maybe it's just because I watch a lot of makeup tutorials. It's either a slash of frosted blue just across her eyelid, <laughs> or in this episode, it's a slash of frosted green. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm thinking, why? I think they were going for a throwback, trying to be like an 80s. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm thinking... You know the bangles make that, you man, know. Man, well, I'm just thinking it's a travesty because she's got such beautiful, gorgeous blue eyes. You need to be making those up to really draw attention to that feature, you know? Yeah. And it's well, just like, oh, gosh. I'm all about the 80s, the fashion, not the that, clothes, not the, that frosted the blue music, the, you know, just the whole decade, decadence. I love it. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't mind some frosted eyeshadow of those colors, either of those colors, if they're like accents or mingled in with something else. You know, a pop of that kind of color here and there works if you blend it in with something else. Of course. Just a splash of color across the eyelid, just full on, oh, well, hello, frosted yeah. blue eyeshadow. You know what I want to do? I want to hop in Doc's time machine and travel back in time to the 80s and just stay there. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> the way things are going. So then we cut down to the living room and Rory is calling out items and Lane is apparently there responding telling her where that they need to go in the room. So they're organizing these huge mounds of like clothes and other items that people have come undropped off. Apparently all of the rummage items for this charity event that are going on are going to be housed at Lorelai's house. At that point Luke walks in and he's carrying two bags and they sort through those based on what he brought. Some of it clothes, rags, pots, pans. So she takes the clothes and tells him to put the rest in the kitchen. He goes off to the kitchen and Lorelai comes down and she banters briefly with Rory and Lane about who wants cheese. And then she goes off to the kitchen and she's like, ah, oh, there's a man in my kitchen. Somebody call the constable. Luke comes back from the kitchen and just kind of looks at Rory and he says, your mom's a fruitcake. <laughs> and she says, fruitcakes by the door, please. <laughs> and Luke looks at Rory again and says, good luck, Rory. I wish you luck. And then he gives Lorelai a look and he says, with everything. And he with goes that. out. Yeah. <laughs> And with that parting remark, he leaves. So then Lorelai tells Rory, okay, so rummage sales Sunday. Today is Tuesday. She says, at this rate, we're going to be sleeping in the yard by Thursday. We have got to start getting some of this stuff out of the living room. And at that point, Taylor comes in to drop something off. Lorelai tells him to go away. And Rory is sweet, and she invites him in. But he says he has something to explain first. And he lets them know there's a chip on the butter dish. Yeah, he makes them out and out of a molehill every time. Lorelai says, say, tip. Got it. And Taylor says, you know, it's fine. I filed down the chip and if you place it strategically on the table, no one will ever know. And she says, Taylor, would you like to write out some sort of instruction manual to go with the dishes? Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, could I? Yeah. And she says, notepads in the kitchen. And if he ever just put a little dollop of paint on there, it would have been fine. Nobody right. would have noticed it. But this is classic Taylor, does he? He actually goes <laughs> into the kitchen to get the notepad so he can write out an instruction manual. Yeah. Which I think is hysterical. This man is either very OCD or he's something 
something else. Something. But strangely, I can kind of relate to that, too. He's definitely one of those that he's got that attitude, no one can do it better than I can, so I might as well just do it myself types. I'm a little bit like him in a way. There was this time that I was at work. One of my people that worked for me was training a new employee that was going to be working in our department, and I just happened to walk by because I was on my way to the restroom. <laughs> I heard her. Now, when you turn in your adjustment reports to Shannon, you need to shuffle the papers very carefully, make sure none mm -hmm. of the other pages are sticking up higher than the others, and it's they're all nice and even and very important. Staple it in the top left corner and make sure the staple is straight, okay? <laughs> and I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so right because if they turn it in and the staple is crooked or there are pages yeah. sticking up and they weren't shuffled right, I always get the staple remover and remove it, shuffle the pages and restaple <laughs> it myself. I thought that was so funny because I had never told them to do that. Is She had just picked up on it. She was just observant. And I thought, oh my God, am I that OCD? They witnessed this numerous times there's nothing wrong with being a perfectionist but you can take it to an unhealthy level there i've seen yes, it done <laughs> i have to i only have a touch of it but you know yeah. that's how it goes so lorelei's looking through the bags of clothing and she finds a cool looking jacket and rory tells her to put it back but she's already captured by the rhinestones that are on it and rory reminds her that they're trying to get things out not in but lorelei is insistent saying okay are you seeing this Rory's like yes i am she says no i don't think you are because if you were seeing this you would see that this Obviously has Lorelai written all over it. And Rory's like, fine, we'll just get rid of it at next year's sale. Suki comes in saying everyone is going to love her. And Lorelai's like, we already love you. And she says, no, I mean, you're really going to love me. Lorelai's like, we do. And she says, trust me, you guys are going to so love me. And Lorelai's like, okay, the love's starting to fade now, Suki. <laughs> so finally, Suki. Get to the point. <laughs> yeah, get, let's get there now. Yeah. And she announces that she is holding four fabulous tickets to go see the Bangles in concert on Saturday night in New York at one of the theaters there. And Lorelai goes nuts and reiterates that she does indeed love Suki. While Lane is asking how good the seats are, as someone who loves music of course, Lane is definitely going to care about that. Turns out that they are indeed great ninth row aisle seats. Yeah. So you can't do much better than that. I would definitely go to that concert. We've been to quite a few concerts over the course of our life, haven't we? Which, which one? What do you think that we had the best seats for? We've had pretty good seats at Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, uh, that was a great concert. This one ties into the whole 80s theme. Tears for Fears and Holland Oats, Switchfoot and Lighthouse, <laughs> pretty much near the front. Oh, yeah. And that was an outdoor concert. Yeah. And that was really great. That was a great concert, too. We've been to a lot of concerts. It's fun when you go and it's the band that you really like or yeah. a singer that you really like. And if you've never seen Sarah McLaughlin in a concert, you should definitely go because she explains where each song came from from and why she wrote it. I, think we, I that, thought that was so cool. I think that was specific for that concert. Might actually. have been for that one. It was one a storytelling kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it, it was great. It was definitely great. And if you're a country fan, I highly recommend you go to a Keith Urban concert. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. So is John Mayer. John Mayer's but great, maybe too. I can post, we have some clips of that. And we also saw you know, Britney we, Spears We in did. Vegas. Oh, my gosh. Those were the oh, that, those were the best seats. Let's post some clips of those. The best seats <laughs> we ever had were at the Britney Spears concert. Because yeah. We were in 2016. I think it was her last. Song. It was the last year she yeah. was going to be there. And I think that's why we went. To, and we were on the second row in the very middle. And the runway of where she came up to dance was right there. Yeah. You could see sweat. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you can't get any better than that. That was amazing. And like we said previously, we support Britney. So. Yes. Free Britney. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Rory makes the point to Suki that four tickets mean one for Suki and Lorelai, one for her. And that, of course, leaves one for Lorelai. 
Lane. So Lorelai says this is going to be a very special night and you know what a very, very special night deserves. And Rory's like, what? Lorelai pulls out a hot pink dress off the top of one of the piles and she says, a new outfit. So she's still shopping in her own house, which I think is funny. So the very next scene we have cuts over to Chilton and one of Rory's teachers is talking about how they're going to be holding a debate following week on whether or not Charles I received a fair trial. She interrupts herself catching Tristan staring at Rory and she calls him out in front of the class. I hate it when teachers do that. I mean, I've had that happen to me before and it's kind of humiliating. I mean, the ones that bug me the most are the ones that like caught you passing notes and they read them aloud. I mean, I get that you're not supposed to be doing that, but what if there was something like extremely personal in the note? You know, <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I don't think Tristan really cares at this point. No, but I guess not. You know, she flips the note back and he kind of slides it. That was 16 candles. 16 candles. She does a fake yeah. yawn and, and drops it to her friend yeah. behind her and it falls and who Jake would, Ryan. Who would you have sex with? And she's yes. like, and he's like, oh, yeah, I dig the way she's always looking at me. <laughs> yeah. That was, that. that was funny. That, that, that's a good movie to see. Once the teacher has Tristan back in line, she continues explaining the assignment, only to catch Tristan looking over at Rory again. At this point, I'm really thinking, and I've thought this before, and it may be the romantic in me that loves a good enemies to love interest type story, but I really love the idea of what might have happened or might happen if they put in a storyline where Rory and Tristan actually got together. If they didn't do it, which, well, let's face it, we know they don't. Um... <laughs> It was a kind yeah, of a wasted I, effort, I think. I wasn't going to run anything, but yeah, he went on to bigger and better things, so he's kind of was written off the show. But yeah, eventually. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Not anytime soon, but yeah. I do think they... It was building. It was leading somewhere. It was going to lead somewhere, and I think it was and just she a was wasted follow opportunity. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So the teacher takes it a step further now and she asks him the debate. Does it sound like fun? And Tristan's like, yes, it does. And she says, it does, doesn't it, Mr. Degrade? She said, oh, it absolutely does. She says, more fun than staring at Miss Gilmore's ear? <laughs> and he says, yes. So that, em- that kind of embarrasses Rory. Yeah. You know? So the teacher goes on. She starts assigning teams. But Paris seems distracted because she has to whisper over to Madeline to ask, who did the teacher point to? Because the teacher's assigning them into groups. And Madeline looks up at Louise and Rory. Paris looks like she's not very happy about that. So she stands up. She says, I didn't hear who you said. Can you tell me what teams? And she points to Paris, Madeline, Louise, and Rory. So apparently they're going to be a foursome team. Yeah, she was a little distracted by the whole Tristan-Rory thing. She's in her own thoughts there. And Paris is like, are you sure? And the teacher says, yes, I am, but thank you for asking. And Paris sits back down looking just kind of like not very pleased. So the four of them are later standing in the hallway and Rory's suggesting that they make a plan, and Madeline's like, to do what? <laughs> and Paris says, to work out our debate, Madeline. They're always scheming. And Madeline's like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> and Louise is like, we need a place to work. And Paris says, my house is out. And Louise's like, why? And she said, because it is. <laughs> and Louise says, you need a reason. Don't ask, don't tell. Right. <laughs> and Paris says, my mother is having the entire place redone. She wants all evidence of my father out of there. So unless you want to sit on no furniture while watching three Harvey Firestein impersonators rip up the carpet and paint everything a ridiculous shade of white and call it Angel's Kiss, <laughs> then we're going to have to find somebody else's house to go to. Yeah, I forgot that she's going through that whole divorce thing too. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's another thing she's think, thinking about. I think we learned that a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So and then of course Madeline says that her brother has the measles. Louise says her mom's having an affair. And <laughs> first I just have to say In she- passing. Shelly Cole <laughs> 
as Madeline plays that scatterbrain, not quite scatterbrain, but just kind of that type of personality that she's doing so well. And I also think it's a stereotype. Indifference. Yeah. Yeah. Or just kind of, where are we again? Yeah. You know, that kind of personality. <laughs> but I also think it's hysterical how Louise says these lines with such a straight face. My mom's having an affair. Deadpan. Yeah, yeah. deadpan. Very deadpan. <laughs> so Rory suggests that they work at her house. She does warn them that there's a rummage, so it's messy. And Louise takes her houses too far, but she says it's 30 minutes by bus. <laughs> and she's like, well, I don't do buses. Yeah. You know, Paris offers to drive. It's beneath them. So they all agree on tomorrow just as Tristan walks by Rory and goes straight to Paris to say hello. We know he has a big crush on Rory, but he's going to Paris at this point. He just got caught looking at her ear. Right. Staring at the back of her head. So Tristan says to Paris, you know, I was really hoping we'd be in the same group. She said, you were? And he's like, oh yeah, it would make the long hours of studying go by a lot faster. Plus, come on, you and me on the same team, we'd wipe the floor with the others. I guess we'll just have to pair up on something else then, huh? And she said, that would be good. And he's like, yeah, it would. I'll see you later. Bye, Madeline. Bye, Louise. Strategically does not say oh, yeah. goodbye to Rory. He omitted her. And Louise says, Tristan suddenly has very big eyes for you, Grandma. <laughs> Oh, that was kind of funny. And He's Paris, a wolf on the prowl. Yeah, Paris. Hungry is, like the wolf. Yeah. 80s. <laughs> Paris insists he's just being nice, and both Madeline and Louise comment in such a way that it's clear they wish they had his attention. And Paris just rushes them along, saying that they need to get to the class, but she's got a big smile on her face. Personally, I think Tristan obviously has no interest in Paris just trying to make Rory jealous. Without you know? a doubt. Which I think is kind of dirty. He's just trying to use her and rub her nose in at the same time. Right. But Paris isn't as dumb as she looks. No, no, she's not, but she is enjoying it. Yeah. So then Rory and Lane are approaching Mrs. Kim's house, and Rory's telling Lane all about how she's going to be hosting her frenemies the following evening to study. And she calls them double, double toilet trouble. <laughs> and Lane says, well, it should make for an interesting afternoon. Yeah. And Rory says, with the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this week. Yeah, that's not wicked. Lane says, you're doing very well in the Shakespeare class, aren't you? They start talking about the plan. Wasn't that Ray Bradbury too? Didn't thing. he have that something wicked this week? I'm not sure. Then they start talking about land and Lane says, we'll go in and ask her if I can go to a play tomorrow night with you and Lorelai. Rory's like, a play? She said, I think that's the safest word. Show or concert would be very bad. She said, well, what about saying it's a movie? And she said, too far from the truth. Almost a lie. She says, well, but a play is not a lie? Lane says, well, it's far away from the truth that it might work, but close enough to the truth that I think I can negotiate a purgatory stint if I forced to. <laughs> Rory says, play it is. And Lane says, okay, we're going in. That reminds me of George Costanza. It's not a lie if you believe, believe it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they go inside <laughs> Mrs. Kim's in time to hear a man asking her if she's sure it's an original Queen Anne. And she says yes, but the man says the joints look wrong. And of course, they're examining some sort of old piece of furniture. And she says joints are fine, but he insists that they look brand new. <laughs> she tells him it's not, nothing's new, the whole store is old. And he asks if she has a certificate or will write a letter saying that it's old. She tells mm -hmm. him, yes, she'll write him a letter. And he said, okay, well, if it's really old, he guesses he'll take it. We get to hear her say her repeatedly famous line of, we yeah. Appreciate, appreciate your, your business. business. Yeah. Yes. Remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> yeah. So Lane whispers to Rory that now is a good time because she just made a sale. Yeah. I laughed at that because I think it's something I have to do a lot of the time. Just kind of gauge a person's level of good mood to see if it's going to be a good time to broach a particular <laughs> topic. And even then, sometimes it's not a good <laughs> idea to do that. No. Because I'm guilty of that. <laughs> you walked into a bus saw a few times, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah. And then you're like, what did I do? I even made sure that you were in a good mood before I broached the subject. 
Yeah, because who knows if they can take it all wrong or yeah, something, you know. I've tend that's, to do that That's happened to me with people I when work I have with. Attitude. Lane calls out hi to her mom, and Miss Kim immediately assumes that something is wrong. But Lane insists, no, there's nothing. Miss Kim says, you look flush. She says, I do. She said, you eat candy? And Lane says, well, no. She said, donuts? <laughs> Lane's like, no. Hostess fruit pie? She said, no, nothing. I'm fine. Sugar. <laughs> and she asks if she can talk to her mom a minute, but Mrs. Kim says that she's busy. But Lane just finally blurts it out and says, I know, I was just wondering if I could go somewhere tomorrow with Rory and her mom. Mrs. Kim says, tomorrow's church. Lane says, this would be after church. And she says, after church, we think about what we heard in church. <laughs> and Lane says, well, I think I could think about what I heard in church on the way to the show. Uh-oh, mistake. <laughs> Mrs. Kim goes, show. And then Rory quickly goes, play. Lane says, not show, play. It's a play, mama. And Mrs. Kim says, tell me about this play. What's it about? And Lane says, okay, well, it's about a group of people who own instruments and stand in front of other people holding them. Which I'm thinking, you may as well just tell her it's a concert <laughs> at that point. You know, what the heck? <laughs> and Mrs. Kim is like, what? She finally is like, I'm not sure what it's about. But Roy says they will find out and let her know. And Mrs. Kim's like, okay, yeah, find out. And then yeah, they would talk about that. it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the man that she had been helping at is asking for his letter, and Mrs. Kim goes to help him. And Rory's like, how's that purgatory negotiation looking? <laughs> and Lane said, not good. And Rory's like, what do we do now? And Lane's like, I'll ask again later. I'm about to go old school farmer on you. It's like the cow. They have to rechew the cud. Yeah. Digesting it. <laughs> <laughs> take it in, Lane. Just take it in. Right. You're not doing it. No plans for the immediate future. <laughs> <laughs> in the next scene, we cut to Luke's with Rory walking up to the front, and it has a rummage sale sign in the window. She goes in, and she's talking to Luke, and he's talking to Rory and telling her that if she wants coffee, she'll have to wait. And she has this kind of smirk on her face, and she tells him someone put a rummage sale sign up in his window. And almost like he doesn't hear, he tells her that she can have decaf if she's in a hurry. But she tells him, you should call the cops about this. I mean, <laughs> we all know how you feel about public displays of town infection. And Luke says, your mom asked me to put it there, okay? And Rory's like, and you said yes. Luke said, she's not real good with no. And Rory's like, no, she's not. And Luke says, for every second you laugh at me, that's one second longer. You're waiting for coffee. <laughs> and Rory's like, sorry, no laughing. So he leaves to go get her coffee, but she had been smiling and grinning at him the whole time. Now, I do think this is kind of funny, though, because he can protest as much as he wants and say it's because Lorelai's not good at taking no for an answer, but I get the feeling that he'd agree to just about anything Lorelai asked him to. Rory knows this. That's why she's kind of needling him and saying, yeah, why don't you call the police? What's up with that, Luke? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little game she's playing with. <laughs> right, right. So Lorelai walks in with a brown and black polka dot cowboy hat on. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a polka dot or if it's more like a leopard print. but yeah, Some it, kind of type of print. It's weird. It's, Cow it's hat a funny, or something. Yeah. <laughs> And Lorelai says, Margaret Atworth just dropped off three boxes of city council potholders <laughs> and begged me to take her grandson. People are getting crazy, man. And then she says, what? When she looks at Rory. And Rory's like, what are you wearing? <laughs> Lorelai says, we have already argued about the sweatshirt. Because she's wearing the sweatshirt yeah. that she had found in the pile earlier. You yeah. know, the one that had the rhinestones on it. And Rory says, yes, but we have not argued about that hat. Lorelai says, what hat? She's the one on your head, Annie Oakley. And Lorelai says, it's great, isn't it? And Rory's like, as nice as it is that you're single-handedly trying to rebuild the bridge, you have got to stop buying up other people's junk. <laughs> and Lorelai says, the money goes to charity. I look cute. Case closed. Oh, finally, the coffee cavalry arrived. 
arrives. She gets that word out and that's pretty much it because Luke is looking at her and he says, what the f*** do you think you're wearing? And Lorelai's like, a hat. And he says, take that off. And he <laughs> is serious, buddy. And Lorelai seems very confused and Luke just kind of flatly tells her it's not hers and to take it off. She complains, you know, about having hat hair if she takes it off because she still thinks that he's talking about her hat. But he tells her, no, it's the sweatshirt she's wearing. And he does not look or sound happy at all. I don't think I've ever seen Luke look like this. It's probably the only time I've actually ever seen him be a little aggressively irritated or angry with her. Talk about walking into a bus saw. Yeah. She struck a nerve there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. She says, Luke, calm down. And he's like, that is not yours. And she said, no, I found it in the bags of stuff for the sale. He said, oh, so you just find something and then you take it and is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's and Lorelai's like, no, I paid for it. <laughs> and Luke's like, oh, so that makes it all right. Uh -huh. And she says, and makes it legal? What's the matter with you? <laughs> Yes. And Luke's like, nothing. Nothing is the matter. Uh, and she's like, Luke. And he says, pour your own coffee. And, and he just kind of yeah. slams the coffee pot down on the counter and leaves. I thought he was going to break the glass. Yeah. So I thought, uh -huh. yeah, that was kind of odd. But we're going to get to more on that later. The next scene is at Lorelai's house again. The living room is stuffed with bags, boxes of stuff to the point where you can't see furniture. Like I orders. mean, it looks... It's, <laughs> it's getting there. It's stuffed to the Not rafters. that bad. Not that bad. Lorelai sighs and she says, okay, just a question. Did any anyone in town keep anything? Suki's like, doesn't look like it. Lorelai's like, I'm never being civic-minded again. And Suki's like, honey, you're doing a good thing. And then in true Suki fashion, because, you know, she's kind of clumsy and hurts herself. She falls into a pile of stuff and disappears. And she yells that she's okay. And Lorelai's like, well, wave an arm. Rory is like, geez, this stuff is like dribbles. And that's, of course, a shout out to Star Trek. So Lorelai's like, oh, thank God, just in time. Grab a bag, move it to this side of the room. Be very careful. This pile just tried to eat Suki. And Rory's like, maybe I should sick it on Paris when she gets here. So Lorelai says, oh my God, that's right. You're studying here today. And Rory says, there'll be here any minute. Back. Rory says, mom, don't worry about it. They'll come in. They'll make a face. They'll say something snotty will study the leap. I'm just looking forward to this day being over and then I can concentrate on the concert. At that point, Miss Patty comes in and asks if Lorelai will come outside and tell her where she wants her to put whatever she brought. Suki holds up a couple of items and she says, okay, two very large porcelain squirrels. And Lorelai's like, set them free. You know, so she goes outside and Patty is standing in front of a set of big drums. And Lorelai's like, wow, huh, these are great. They're really come in handy when we finally organize that giant marching band we've been talking about. And Miss Patty's like, I danced on these drums at the Copacabana in 1969. She says, it was a great act. I wore bananas. Lorelai's like, oh, please tell me you have a picture of that. Miss Patty chuckles and she says, a lot of memories happened on these drums, but I guess it's time to move on. So once again, Miss Patty proving that she has had a very interesting life. When Lorelai goes back, in. Rory is hanging a phone and she's asking what the verdict is. And Rory says she decided to be stupid and tell her mother the truth that she wanted to go to a rock concert with us tonight in New York. And Lorelai goes, stupid. Rory goes, stupid. So obviously they're talking about Lane. So Lane can't go to the concert. So Patty comes into the house while they're talking and, and she just happens to pick up the jacket that Lorelai had bought that belonged to Luke and the one he yelled at her about earlier. And Miss Patty says it looks familiar. She asks who brought it in. And Lorelai says I think Luke did. And judging by his very hostile reaction, he obviously wasn't done wearing it yet. And Miss Patty looks a little bit uncomfortable at first, looks at Suki and says, I bet this was Rachel's. And Suki was like, oh my god, Rachel. 
Rachel. And Lorelai's like, Rachel? Who's Rachel? And Suki says, Rachel is Luke's very serious girlfriend. It does look like her. And Lorelai's like, when did Luke have a girlfriend? She's not looking very happy about this news. Miss Patty says, oh, this must have been what? Five, six years ago? Did she break that man's heart? It was terrible. And Lorelai said, how did I not know about this? Suki's like, honey, you had an 11-year-old kid and you were just moving into this house. Plus, Rachel traveled all the time. She was a photographer. And then, of course, she and Miss Patty banter back and forth for a couple minutes on exactly what Rachel was. And then Lorelai, she just looks like she can't believe she never heard about it. And Suki says, you know, Luke doesn't talk about it. And nobody else does either because he could probably kill you with his coffee pot. And Lorelai's like, wow, I never pictured Luke having a girlfriend or a broken heart. And Miss Patty advises, you know, she just keep it hidden. And then she leaves. So we're getting a little bit more information here. Obviously, Luke has some pretty strong feelings going on if that was indeed his ex-girlfriend's sweatshirt. And Lorelai looks a little stunned that Luke had a long-time girlfriend. So, a little bit of jealousy there. If she wanted to know something, she should have went to my girl, Miss Patty, because she knows all the gossip. She could have known that a long time ago. Or I guess she thought Lorelai already knew it. Miss Patty, yeah, she's got all the 411. Yeah, well, I'm surprised Suki never told her about it. But I then guess again, everybody I, thought she knew. I guess it was just recently that Lorelai has started to really, really outwardly show any kind of interest in Luke around Suki or Miss Patty, so nobody ever really thought she'd care to know. Maybe that's why they well, never she said was busy at the time. So at that point, Lorelai sees Paris's car driving up with Madeline Louise, and she tells Rory her friends are there, and that Paris must be one great babysitter earned enough money to, for that car. And Rory's like, let's just get this over with. You know Rory isn't into it, but Lorelai's like, take heart, my dear. Suffer today, party tonight. So Lorelai welcomes them in, gets a one-word hello from Madeline Louise. Rory asks if they found it okay, and Paris just said there's no sign on their street. And Rory's like, I know, that's why I told you to turn right at the big rooster statue. Paris says, I thought you were kidding. And Lorelai's like, oh no, we never kid about Monty. And Louise is like, Monty? Lorelai's like, Monty, the rooster, Monty. So Rory introduces Lorelai to the girls. Lorelai, you know, makes a comment about their names, making a good girl group names. And then she apologizes for the state of the house, their charity event, you know, but she offers them pizza and she leaves. The girls decide that they're going to work in the living room. Immediately, as soon as they get settled, Paris starts issuing orders. And she's like, okay, so here's how it should go. Madeline will do the introductions. I'll handle the debate. Rory will do the conclusion and Louise will take questions. And Rory's like, well, why do you automatically get to handle the debate? And she says, because I'm the most experienced at it. And Madeline's like, trust me, you want her to handle the debate. She never gives up. And Louise is like, la pit bull. <laughs> Once again, delivering one of those deadpan comments of hers. So Paris starts kind of looking around and asking what the stuff in the room is. And Rory explains about the rummage sale. And Madeline's like, oh, like a charity thing? And Rory's like, yeah, there's this old bridge that's completely falling apart and the town's trying to save it. So Louise picks up a hat and says it's cool and Paris tells her to put it down because it's used. And Louise is like, vintage dear. And Paris goes, filthy darling. And Madeline's like, there's this great store under my therapist office who has the best vintage clothes. I found an original Pucci top for practically nothing. And Louise is like, oh, Pucci is very big right now. Or is it Pucci? I'm not sure. Madeline's like, is this a Pucci? Holding up a shirt and Roy's like, no, that's a Patty. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Shout out to Patty. So when Louise questions that, Rory explains about Miss Patty that it's one of her old costumes. And Louise holds up a sequin dress and tells Paris that Tristan would like her in it. And Paris is inviting though. She, you know, she insists that they get to work. And Louise is like, ugh, I would love to have a boyfriend look like Tristan. And Madeline tells Rory her boyfriend's no slouch. And Rory agrees, you know, Dean is no slouch. And Louise is like, you know, she had flirted with Dean pretty good, winter formal. And she reminisces how he's 6'2 and feisty. 
And then she asks Rory if there's still like a Joni loves Chachi. And Rory's like, she hopes not, you know. And Madeline Louise keep peppering Rory with questions. I thought that Louise's reference to Joni loves Chachi was funny when applied to Rory and Dean. They do have that kind of little vibe, you know. Did you ever watch that show? Vaguely. I mean, it was a spinoff of Happy Days. Which yes, was... which I did definitely watch. I loved, yeah. I loved Happy Days. It had that character, Potsy. <laughs> Potsy was actually my favorite character. Oh, really? Next to the Fonz, but yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. This leads to another Seinfeld reference from that Doodle episode where he's talking to Elaine and George and he goes, you know, my parents are coming. I've got to clean up so if you and Potsy are through scheming. <laughs> yes, I remember that episode. <laughs> They're always up to something. Oh, yeah. So finally, Paris has enough of the fun fest and she says, we have a debate to organize here and this conversation is quickly veering towards the subject of French kissing and glitter eyeshadow trash here trendy and I for one have no intention of being humiliated in front of the whole class because we were forced to study in the middle of a carnival and you two couldn't keep your eye on the prize. I want to win and I'm going to win. Louise just ignores her and asks so how good of a kisser is Paul Bunyan anyway? And which I think is hysterical that she called Dean, Dean yeah. Paul Bunyan. And Louise and Madeline and Rory all giggle you know. These three at least are starting to vibe together a little bit. Didn't you mention before in a prior episode that they seem to get along better with Rory when Paris is not around? Basically she's checked out of the situation and the present because of all the drama going on at home. Yeah. And pining for Tristan. Right. Do you think it says something that they're starting to be more friendly with Rory even around Paris? Well, like I said, Paris is kind of checked out. It's like, study and don't bother me. Right. So we go up to Lorelai's room and Suki is asking if anyone in town has a peg leg because she's holding up a pair of pants where one leg of, of the pants is full length and the other is cut off a little above the knee. She quickly dodges that and she wants Suki to tell her more about the mysterious Rachel. Yeah. And Suki asks her why she's so curious. She says, well, because apparently everybody in town knows everything about it and I don't like to be out of the loops. <laughs> And Suki is asking her why she wants to know. Suki may behave goofy most of the time, but she's very perceptive. Yeah. And Lorelai can say it's because she doesn't want to be out of the loop, but I gotta call BS on this one. Suki does tend to be very intuitive at times. Yeah, she is. She is. She's a lot more intuitive she than She calls it like it is. She does call it like it is. So Suki tells her it's old news. And Lorelai's like, yes, but I'm fascinated. I mean, I go to Luke's once a day. She says, sometimes twice, three times if Michelle has talked to one of his relatives and his accent has gotten thicker, I feel I should know the whole story. What happened? Where'd she go? And Suki's like, well, Rachel liked to move around a lot. She was a very adventurous person. She loved to climb things and fling herself off of cliffs and dive into these really tiny lakes and ride big wild horses and fly planes. And Lorelai's like, so she was Wonder Woman. And Suki's like, she was to Luke. I thought they were gonna get married. So that Michelle talking like that is a trigger for Lorelai to go to get a Luke fix to I calm guess- so, interesting. I just thought of that. Ah. Just struck me anyways. Interesting. We'll have to keep a lookout for that in the future. So Lorelai's like, well, what happened? And Suki says, the rumor is that Stars Hollow was too small for her. She wanted to live somewhere more exciting. And Lorelai's like, but Luke didn't. And Suki's like, well, you know Luke. He lived here all his life. He wouldn't even go away for college. I think we're going to have to bury him in that diner. And Lorelai's like, oh, wow, it's sad. So Suki agrees, but then said that she's done there and is going to stop by the inn for a little while, then go home and get ready for the evening's concert. So, back in the living room, 
Harris is insisting they'll need actual quotes. They can learn them by heart. And Madeline is apparently a proponent for using note cards. Paris is like, note cards look sloppy. We will know our information. Madeline's like, but the other team will use note cards. Paris is like, and the other team will lose. So Suki stops on her way. She's kind of breezing out the door and saying bye to everybody and telling Rory that she'll see her that night. This, of course, causes the girls to ask what's tonight. Rory explains about the bangles and the concert at this particular theater. And Madeline hones in on that and asks if it's, you know, the one in New York. And Rory says that it is. And Louise is like, sounds potentially not boring. And Rory's like, it's going to be great, actually. And the seats are amazing. And Madeline's like, well, who are you going with? And Rory tells her she's going with her mom and Suki. And Louise seems amazed and asks if she's kidding. And Rory's bewildered. And Louise is like, you're going to a concert with your mom? And she says, yeah. And Madeline's like, I can't imagine doing anything like that with my mom. And Rory's like, well, actually, we do stuff like this all the time. Madeline's like, really? Wow. This does remind me of the story of our daughter, I have to say, back when she was in her teens. That was like a catchphrase that she coined around here, although she did not say it in this amazed way that Madeline's using it. She, it was usually sarcastically meant when she was not happy about something. Directing at me. Sometimes me, <laughs> you know, both of us. Mostly me. And she would just go, really? Wow. Really? Yeah. So we both adopted it yeah, in the house. Yeah, they get sideways at me. And yeah. I, was... I've redirected it at her recently. A I lot. have to. <laughs> I so, to. so touche there. She's she's gotten it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's another one of her favorite lines yeah. is touche. So yeah. that scene with the note cards reminded me of never have I ever since we've been watching it constantly in a loop lately. <laughs> Oh, yeah, where Paxton's trying to learn no, something ben, with ben his Gross note cards. and his Davy 2.0. Oh, she and has, that, too. She has the note cards, yeah, and yeah, she yeah, gets yeah. some mixed up. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. want to give too much away, but it runs their debate, and they lose the case of the Gatsby you yeah, know, defense or whatever. <laughs> so, Louise becomes fascinated with Lorelai suddenly and asks how old she is. And when Rory says 32, Madeline's like, young. And Louise says, so that means that she had you when she was... And Paris goes, 16. She had her when she was 16. We've done the math. Can we just ooh and ah about this quickly and get back to work? Work. Louise says 16. I'm 16. Madeline says, so am I. Paris like, we're all 16, okay? Everybody in this room is 16. And Rory's like, Paris is right. We should work. And Paris is like, thank you. Now this scene really impacted me because the four of them talking, they're all 16 at how young they were. It really hits home that can you imagine being that young having, I mean, there's a lot of you out there that probably have, I don't, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but right. in that situation, could you imagine how um, scared she was and leaving home on her own? I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, that was, especially that just really impacted me. Especially when it was her choice to leave home, you know, where was she going to go? What was she going to do? So, I mean, so yeah, that is a scary thing. And the gut she had to do it. Uh, absolutely. And determination. Yep. To break free. And anyway. look where she is today. Yeah. But Louise won't let this go. She says, I can't imagine having a baby at 16. And Paris is like, well, then keep your knees shut. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say how much I love Paris? Her dialogue constantly just makes me laugh. And Liza Wheel delivers these lines so well. I just, yeah. I don't know, I love that character. Matter of fact, <laughs> that reminds me of my grandmother saying, ladies, keep your legs crossed and boys, keep your pants up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was my life lesson there on decorum and respect and responsibility. I think uh, a lot of people's moms uh, or grandmoms maybe had uh, certain versions of that that what they were would use on their kids. Some of you guys' uh, yeah, <laughs> teachings and lessons. If, let us know if you had any of those. You can't remember yours, can you? I cannot remember mine, So they actually. didn't stick? No, they, they stuck. They actually Just worked. Just enough to keep you out of, of trouble. <laughs> now, now that I'm long married, I guess I don't think about it yeah. anymore. And it's, it's melting Freedom. away. Freedom! <laughs> 
So after all those Paris cues, Madeline continues on and asks, do you think your mom is sorry she got pregnant so young? And Paris says, very seriously, of course she is. And Rory's like, well, thank you. <laughs> and Paris is like, I didn't mean that. I just meant that. And Rory says, I mean, I don't think she would recommend it, but I think yeah. she's happy with how things turned out. It's one of those things where you don't want that on somebody. But Wish it on them. when it happens, it could be serendipitous in a kind of way. Right. So Lorelai comes in right at that moment. She's starved. Is everybody else ready for pizza? Madeline agrees that she would eat some, you know, but Paris says that she can't have dairy. And Lorelai promises to order one with cheese and one without. Paris is like, we're never going to finish. Louise says, I find your mother completely fascinating. And Rory says, funny, so does she. <laughs> and Louise is like, it's almost more like having a big sister. And Madeline says, and you like her, don't you? And Rory says, she's my best friend. Louise is like, truly, completely fascinating. And I know that this is supposed to be funny on their part. And it is. I also couldn't help but watch this scene and feel a bit sorry for the girls. Because it seems like they aren't close with their own moms if they're so fascinated by Rory's closeness to Lorelai. Well, you wouldn't know about that because you were the cool mom. We've already talked about that. I was the Lorelai. Yeah, you're the cool mom. You can totally relate to that. That's true. So Lorelai calls Rory to the kitchen and asks her how it's going. And echoing Louise, Rory says, truly, completely fascinating. She's like, well, we've basically gotten no work done at all. Paris is having a meltdown, which, by the way, is always fun. And she says they've just been talking and Lorelai thinks that maybe she's making some friends in there. And Rory says, let's not get ahead of ourselves. They've just moved on from the plan to dump the pig's blood on me at the prom. That's all. And Lorelai's like, talking chatting, not no work being done. There's friends potential going on. And Rory's like maybe, with Louise and Madeline at least. And Lorelai's like, two out of three formerly psychotic enemies. Not bad. There. She's handing Rory a, a plate. She says, here's some Pop-Tart appetizers to tide you over till the pizza comes. And she says, hey, I have a crazy, kind of a crazy idea. That pig's blood reference was to the movie Carrie. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, and there was a remake. Actually, there's been a sequel and then a remake, wasn't Oh, there? no. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep up <laughs> all the remakes they did. I think Carrie, the sequel is called Carrie the Rage or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, know. I remember now. Funny, the character who played Carrie in the sequel plays a character here at Chilton that we're going to meet later next season. Be sure to point that Francine. out. Francine. So, Rory says those are never comforting words coming from you and Lorelai just tells her to consider her idea and then reminds her they have four tickets to the show. She offers for Rory to take them and that she can bond with the girls. And Rory's like, well, what about her? And she says, well, what about her? Lorelai's like, no, no. No, you and I have already bonded. In fact, if we bond any further, we will be permanently fused together. And Rory says, you've been talking about this concert since you heard about it. Lorelai's like, yes, she and Suki can buy cheap seats and still go. Rory reminds her that these are dream seats. And Lorelai's like, look, you don't have to do this, but I just think you have three years of Chilton ahead of you, and it might be nice to have some friendly type people to talk to there. I don't know. You guys seem to be getting along. It might be good. And I totally don't mind. I just want to see the show. I don't care from what seat. So before Rory can even get a full sentence out. Lorelai is going into the living room and asking the girls what they're doing that night. And she tells them about the show and that Rory thought they might like to go. And Madeline and Louise are immediately for it, but Paris says that she can't go. And Louise is like, yes, you can. Paris says, no, I can't. <laughs> and Louise is like, because you're busy doing what? And Paris goes, I have homework. And Madeline's like, she'll be there. I thought this was such a selfless thing for Lorelai to do because this was a band she grew up loving and she'd kill to go to that concert and sit in those great seats, but she gave it up to Rory 
Lori to help her make friends and improve her Chilton life. These are just kind of some of the things I love about Lorelai. I appreciate her trying to help her daughter build some bridges of friendship there, but she should have been careful because these two are not the best ones to be friend, <laughs> friending up will with. See, as we may <laughs> see later in the episode. They had their own uh, dubious yes. uh, desires as, to as fulfill. <laughs> Especially Louise. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of Louise... She's driving that train. Oh, yeah, she is. (laughs) And while we're on the subject of Louise, before we go any further, I think this would be a perfect time for Mark to do our spotlight this week on... Louise. Yes. Grant. Till Redman. It's Brittany, but she goes by Till, right? Well, Brittany Till Redman, yes. Yeah. And she was born in Minnesota. She kind of moved out to California, but she's back in Minnesota. Interesting. That's her base of operations, she's quoted as saying. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, September baby she's born on the 30th so i'm gonna have to get ready to post that a little bit later ah. this month a lot of september birthdays you got scott's and hers and mine yeah <laughs> and yours. our sister your sister my sister-in-law yeah your well yours lo- is on the 18th and my sister's is on the 19th yeah a lot of a lot of birthdays in september just like <laughs> there were previous month in yep. august she has been in the movie dumb and dumber and that makes me feel dumb saying dumber <laughs> I guess that was the point. When Harry met Lloyd in 2003, uh-huh. she's the narrator for the still motion Stand By Me. I guess they did a remake kind of thing. Okay. And she was in the movie Double Teamed. I don't get any ideas. I've heard of that. Yeah, don't get any ideas. It's clean. <laughs> it's a Disney movie. All right? I've, I've actually heard of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're like tall volleyball players. She was in The Chameleon 3, Dark Angel. She was in Mighty Ducks 1. Okay, I definitely know that one. And Breakfast Special Egg Roll, 99 cents. I'm not sure about I'm that. I'm not familiar with that, but I'll check that out. Yeah. She's been in TV series CSI. Oh, yeah. Who has not been yeah. in, in one of the CSIs? She's, well, she's been in that one mainly. She's also been in the edition Miami and Vegas. She's kind of been all over all over that. CSI. Yeah, all over CSI. She's full of it. <laughs> she was in Boston Public, which other Gilmore stars guests in that series. Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, you said it correctly. Yes. Hey. That's a first for Snaps you. Snaps for Mark. Snaps for Mark. And also Shelly Cole. Really? Another Chilton alumna. <laughs> One of the minions, as we lovingly call them. Yes. Uh, she was in the show Undressed. It was by MTV. Probably not as clean. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I, like I said, these are... You never know, though. These are ones I'm discovering, and if I can get you to watch them, we'll let you know. Um, I give a lot of your stuff a chance. Yes, I, like I said, I do a lot of the... not saying this are B by any means, I don't know, but I do a lot of low-rent watching. I viewing. pick a lot of great stuff. Yeah. I picked Never Have I Ever, and I have never yeah. seen you so willing to yeah. watch a show on loop 24-7. Well, it's great. I love John other McEnroe, than Gil- his Gilmore narrations, Girls. and the other guest narrators, too. You are willing to do Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I came around. (laughs) She's been on the stage as well. Really? Pinocchio. Interesting. Tricksters. So how many people is that on the stage? There's quite a few of the cast that have been on stage. Oh yeah, they're all kind of trained in it, sounds like. Uh Tricksters, Wolf Tales, Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, I love that. She's also done a lot of commercials. Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh my God. I think I've actually seen that commercial. Do you remember that? I think I have. Shopco. Not that one. Applejack Cereal. 
No. Best Buy, mm. American Armed Forces, and she was the spokeswoman for Fox 20 and KTCA. Interesting. She's done a lot of voiceover work. So she's got kind of like a jack of all trades here. Well, she's quoted as saying she's best known for her, her voice. It's her signature trait. She does have a very good voice. Yeah, she described it as sexy and smoky or something. It, it, well, it kind of <laughs> yeah. is. It um, is. I wonder if she sings. Because um, it'd probably be a good singing voice. Well, I've read something. I don't know if this is true. It was reported that she was a rapper. I don't know if I buy that. I think people add to these bios, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but I, at first I was like, I went looking for it and I couldn't find it. So I think that's... I could see her more like a singing a, a torch song. Yeah. yeah, a torch singer song. Yeah. Well, you, you've been known to lay on down too. I have, yes. But I digress. <laughs> She's also voice work for Tippings and Enjoy Tanning and K-Mon Kids. And she was also an anchor for Kids News, I guess, in her earlier well, days. Oh, she's done a lot. Oh, yeah. she Like I said, she's that's her signature trait, wow. her voice work. Recently, she's done charity work for the Love 146 Dream Again campaign against human trafficking. You can see those oh, uh, ads on YouTube if you want to go yeah. check those out. Yeah. That's all my Gilmoreing efforts. <laughs> Very good. That's interesting about her. Yeah, known for her voice. Known for her voice. That's uh-huh. cool. I did not hear you mention anything about the Paladinos. Uh, no. I did not find anything. But then again, it kind of looks like she's been doing work that wouldn't really put her in that sphere. No. Where she would be working she went in, in, yeah, She was led into a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to start calling her The Voice, I guess. Kind of like I Tom guess Jones. So. <laughs> I guess so. She's the Tom Jones of hey, Gilmore Girls. And since this, <laughs> hey, since this is a concert episode, yeah. I do have to say that I went on a work trip to Vegas and they decided to take us to see Tom Jones. And I'm, I'm sorry to anybody who's a Tom Jones fan, but I'm not a fan. It is definitely true. If you've ever wondered, do women really take off their underwear and throw them on the stage at a Tom Jones concert? Yes, they do. I almost got hit in the head with somebody's underwear well, because I was sitting in the very front seat. I'm sheepishly raising my hand over here because I know you like I, Tom Jones. I, that's a guilty pleasure. I guess it's because of my mother listening to him was a fan. I went to his concert. I was in the second row. Of course, they do throw their knickers at him. These two ladies came up the center aisle while he was performing, and they started walking away from each other, and I was like, what are they doing? They had bought, I don't know if y'all have ever seen these novelty uh, panties. They're huge. They look like something Shamu would wear. They're huge. They pulled that out. Like they would never fit a, yeah, a, a no, human no, they're of any size. Like Paul Bunyan size, since we mentioned Paul Bunyan. But they pulled them out. The crowd was going wild. He got flustered. <laughs> Wow. And then they threw him up there too. I, I don't have that story. I saw him in Vegas and I was at, the, it was arranged where we had tables, that there were tables like right up where you could, the table I was at, I was able to lay my left arm on the stage. Yeah. That's where I was. And there was one lady who came close to the front and opened a package of freshly purchased underwear and threw them on the stage, which I actually thought was kind of cheating. No, no, no. You know, no, if no. you're going to throw underwear at Tom Jones, no. it needs to be a real thing. No. In the old days, my mom would say, yeah, it was the real deal. Yeah, no. But he, there was a girl. And he would take them and yeah, smell I know. them. But there was a girl. I kind of thought that was cheating. And I was like, boo, you know. Yeah. But he did take that big those big yeah. panties and he draped them over him like a cape <laughs> and walked around it was fun. it was hilarious but where i was sitting there was a girl at a table about 20 feet back from me that got up and took her little underwears off and she threw them and almost pegged me in the face and there was almost gonna be a fight there but you catch a whiff <laughs> no i didn't thankfully 
But I will say this, he must be tired of it at this point, or uh, at the point that I saw him, yeah. because he didn't even bat an eye. He just kept going. He, he didn't even look at him or made anything. A point to, he didn't react. He made a point in the newspaper before he came to say he wanted to discourage that act. Yeah, I think he was tired of it by yeah. the time I saw him. Yeah, and that, this was 90s when I saw him, so he was tired of him even then. I saw him in the early 2000s. Yeah, one of the things I like about Tom Jones, too, is the Carlton dance on oh, Fresh Prince. Lord, yes. <laughs> it's <Carlton>. not unusual. <laughs> I actually sent that gif. I was texting somebody at work today. I was on a call and something really cool happened on the call. And I sent my, <laughs> it was my boss that I was texting. And I sent him a picture of Carlton doing the dance because I was happy about what was being said on the call. That's one of my favorite gifts to well, send I've to people. Well, I've been known to break down the Carlton there once in a while around here. Yes, you have. That's <laughs> good, isn't it? It is. I'm getting pretty good it's, at it. It's quite interesting. I'm getting pretty good at it. <laughs> I'll be sitting down doing something. I'll look up. Mark's over there doing the Carlton. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, I can even okay. come down the steps doing it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> that takes some talent. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, we got off track. Yeah, though. we're way off. We're in the stratosphere, ho- Yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy some of our little unique stories there. Yeah. Or we might just be being self-indulgent. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the latter. Yeah, so here we are. The next scene is we're actually in New York City in front of the theater. Suki is, of course, squealing in excitement. Louise and Madeline are admiring Rory's bracelet. And she's explaining that Dean made it for her. And Madeline says, he's handy. And Louise is like, and you wear it all the time, right? And Lorelai's like, just when she's breathing. And Suki He's like, it's a love thing. <laughs> and I just have to say, Louise can sometimes come off as kind of a clueless mean girl at times, but at times like these, she's kind of perceptive, I've noticed. Yeah. You know, with that comment it, of you wear it all the time, exactly. right? Exactly. She's, yeah. she's being a, a good girlfriend right here. Yeah. I think she's like incorporating Rory into their little clique. Yeah. So Lorelai divvies up the tickets to the girls and she's telling them, with these tickets, <laughs> you are about to enter sacred space. You will be treading on hollowed ground. You will be walking like an Egyptian. <laughs> Quoting the lyrics from yes. the Bengals, of course, if you've not, if you've been living under a rock and have not heard the song, Walk Like an Egyptian. So Lorelai says, take them or you're going to have a great time. The Bengals are the best. She says they were my favorite band in high school. I almost named you Susanna, she tells Rory. She says, the day I found out you had no musical talent at all was the saddest day of my life. What was that movie she was in? Susanna from the Bengals was in a movie back in either the late 80s, early 90s. I think it was like 89 or 90. And it was called The All-Nighter. And it was a college movie with a bunch of the two main guy characters were surfers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And then she lived with two roommates and they were about to graduate college. I didn't see it at the time. She was was good. I was a little younger, but you know, you got I had you watch it. And it was pretty good. She's she's pretty good. She did a good acting job. She really did. But I was into the bangles when I was little. I loved Walt Like It. Did you like Walt Like It? Everybody. I, I liked the Bengals. <laughs> I have to say. That video. She has aged well because she was, I always thought she was very beautiful and she is still beautiful on this episode. I mean, just gorgeous. I'm not, I won't say anything, but you're not lying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so Lorelai <laughs> locates an usher to help them find their seats, tells them to have a great time, and to meet her outside once the concert is over. And then to Suki, she says, okay, let's go make our noses bleed. 
And so once the girls find their seats, you know, Madeline's a little bit in awe. And she's saying, I've never sat this close to a stage before. She said, in fact, I've never even really been to a concert before. So I could be sitting at the back and say the same thing. Louise, of course, is already scoping out a couple of cute guys that are sitting directly behind her. And Madeline, while Rory is asking Paris what they're looking at. And Paris goes, one guess. And Rory looks behind them at the guys. And she says, was I right? And Rory's like, you were right. And she says, and before it's dark, they'll have a picnic basket that's in the Jellystone Park. When they're standing there waiting for the show to start, Paris has the first truly genuine smile on her face that I have ever seen her make. Up to this point, I don't think I've ever seen this girl have a truly genuine smile, but <laughs> she looks so... The smile is so genuine and unguarded. Like, she's anticipating this, and it's just... It's a very sweet, innocent smile. She I thought it was really cool. Did you notice that? She hasn't had these many experiences. No, I don't think to so. To unwind, relax, just enjoy herself. Yeah, and I, I just really think she's She needed it. the attention, the, the break. I think so. You know? She's too wound up. Relief, yeah. Yes. But did anyone notice, I know you did, that one of the guys <laughs> that the two girls, Madeline and Louise, are flirting with, one of them is Brandon Ralph, who played Superman in the Superman Returns movie. So that's just an interesting little tidbit and in case you don't know which one Superman Returns movie is, he was the guy that played Superman right after, okay, so there were the four Christopher Reeve movies where yeah. he was Superman. And then many years we didn't have he Superman. He was the first one to come And back. he was this guy, Brandon Routh, was the first person to reprise the Superman role in a new movie. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Yes. I thought, it, I thought now, he was a great, but he didn't return. They didn't have him back. Yes. Now, I'm going to give you all the credit here because <laughs> you're the one that turned me on to Smallville. Oh, now, Smallville's my show. I'm dude. not going to say he wasn't Superman. Tom Welling played Clark Kent. Yeah, he and was And that's Clark what he Kent. wanted. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't Superman until the very end. You just got a glimpse of it. I didn't mind Kate Bosworth as Lois, but the best to me, credit to you, is Erica Durance as Lois Lane. There's, hands down, nobody played that role better than her. I'm sorry to Margot Kidder, who played the original yeah. Lois Lane in the Christopher Reeve movie. She did a great job. She was good. Kate was okay. Amy Adams is okay at it, but honestly, nobody can overall. hold... Yeah, overall, nobody can hold a candle to Erica Durant's playing Lois Lane in Smallville because she just had everything you would imagine Lois, the character to have. And didn't she have a cameo and Supergirl? She did. Yeah. She plays Supergirl's mother. Yeah. And she is just, she was fiery. She was spunky. She was smart. She was sensitive goofy at times times. (laughs) yeah there was you know she loved white snake you know she was just so nuanced of a character and she kept clark on point she did but she also cared and protected him yeah cared for and protected him and helped him keep his secret when it was found out you know when after she found out and i love how she called in smallville oh she called in smallville for years Yeah, and I'm gonna have to rethink that that nickname. I'm gonna have to quit calling you Smallville. <laughs> yeah, and I hate it if we're giving away anything to anyone who's not it. seen Smallville, but it won't ruin it for you. Yeah, you have to go watch that show. And there's a lot of characters that make cameos. Yes, Christopher Reeve actually makes a cameo. Margot oh, Kidder makes all the a cameo. Superman, but I'm even talking about people from Vampire Diaries. Oh yeah, from Gilmore Girl. a lot. You got of a pe- lot of people. A lot of people got their start off that show. Yeah, yeah. guest stars. But yeah, if you've not seen it, Tom Welling is hands down the best Clark Kent. Great. That I've ever seen. And I love... And she was the best I Lois. just want to mention, we saw him last night in Rope, that movie. John Snyder. Oh, yeah. I he love doesn't him. age, and he's he, great in those roles. He played Jonathan Kent. 
Yeah. And he did an amazing job as John. And he was the man over the rodeo. Yes. And that was a movie I picked and you liked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a surprise. You saved that from me. I did. Yeah, surprise me. I did. I said, hey, got some movies we're going to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So then the scene switches to Suki and Lorelai. They're climbing the stairs in the nosebleed section of the theater. And Suki says, did you ever see Everest? (laughs) Which I thought was hysterical. (laughs) A lot of people die on their way to the top. (laughs) Yeah. And Lorelai's like, no. And Suki's like, it's a good movie. Yeah. And Lorelai's like, we must be getting close. We're running out of rows. And Suki goes, and 1,000. Okay, we're here. And oxygen. Yeah. So they both try to act like the seats aren't bad at all. Yeah. But that doesn't last long. Lorelai starts hysterically laughing and says these are the worst seats in the world. And Suki agrees, you know. I mean, she's just dying laughing. And she says, oh my God, it's just so funny. And she turns to the guy next to her and she says, don't you think this is funny? And he goes, you know, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And Suki says, oh, they're starting. Do you have a lighter? And laughing, (laughs) still laughing, Lorelai says, you mean a flamethrower? And to the guy next to her, she says, do you get it? A flamethrower because it's so far? I got it. (laughs) Yeah, he's not having any of it. He's he's not enjoying it. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there too. So this is a great scene, I thought, overall, because the Bengals are actually on the show, on stage. And I thought it was really awesome and cool that they got the band to make a cameo appearance in the show. And they sounded just as good as they ever did. I've noticed that a lot of 80s acts sound just like they always have. They they truly the, do. This is pure talent, people. This yes. was back when you played your instruments. Yes. And you could actually sing. And they're, <laughs> It's they're, a novelty now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the 80s. No auto-tuning. Yeah. No weird little zippy noises to make your voice zip around. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Paladinos were fans, and maybe they had some kind of connection there to get them to come on, because they had to have done that. But speaking of where they're at, their location, (laughs) will you indulge me? Oh, yeah, please. I have a couple of... We talked about our good concert experiences. Not that these weren't great shows. Oh, Lord. Just the situation. We were in the nosebleed section at the Tesla Poison Poison, Death Leopard concert. Yep. And by the way, Poison, they stole the show. That Brett, oh, yes, Brett they did. Michaels with his energy, I exuberance. Actually, I actually thought that I was going to love Def Leppard the yeah. most because that was one of my favorite bands. I did love Poison too, but Def Leppard was one of my very favorites. Let, but Brett Michaels and Poison stole that show. Let me just tell you, you guys don't have to open for anybody. No. And I wouldn't. I would be the headliner. They should be the headliner. I digress. Anyways, that wasn't the point. There were two things here. First, we were in the top of, if you know where Nashville Predators play, Bridgestone Arena, or that's what it was called at the time. Yes, I I don't know. We were at the very top in the 300s, nosebleeds, (laughs) and one, the seats, I'm a big dude, the seats were so tiny. If you're going to put somebody up there, I know they're trying to cram as many people as they can into the arena, but at least make it (laughs) semi-comfortable. Either that, or you need to be a size zero if you you (laughs) sit up there. And I agree. And two, it were so far away. It's great that it was live and they, I enjoyed it. They looked like but ants. But you couldn't see them hardly. They look like ants like twirling around and on them. The whole point is to go yeah. and watch them perform. Yeah. So that was that experience. Now let me flash to another great concert. Mm-hmm. U2. Now this was like the only other time they, they've appeared twice in Nashville. Let me interrupt. Loved the concert, but there was more than one reason why I was miserable at that concert. I'm, I'm getting oh there. My gosh. I'm getting there. Like I said, this was like the one of two times they've been to Nashville. It was at Vanderbilt Stadium, the Commodores College. I understand that they love 
to play open yeah. arenas. Oh, yeah. Out in this the was around July 6th or so, at the height yeah. of This heat. is middle of summer. Oh. And in Tennessee, it oh, is not Lord. only pushing 100 at all times, it is muggy. 100% humidity. Yes. Oh, my so, God. And we had pretty decent seats. We were about halfway up on the side. As we were going into the stadium, there were these coolers. And I'm going to tell this. And there were people, and I think maybe we participated. Um, the, actually, no, I, I was the one that started it. Oh, oh, were you? Yeah. <laughs> but there was coolers, and people were going in. Well, I don't remember you starting it. No, but I did. people were going in just to sit a few minutes to cool off. No, it's one of those things where you, like, open the door, and then they've got bags of yeah, ice. Yeah, bags of ice, ice cooler. And so I would open the door and sit on the opening of the container. You know, I wasn't contaminating anything. Well, I saw one lady get in and close the door. Oh, I, I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, that's what I was I talking about. I didn't do that. No, so, I was sitting daintily on okay. the edge of the seat. So that was that. When we but before, it was so hot, you just had to do something. Before I was we went up, out. you were like, you got to do something about this heat. I don't think I'm going to do it. <laughs> I was trying to get us drinks. I, I mean, I think that was a racket. So we go up. Before it even started, there were medics coming up with stretchers, carrying people out from heat exhaustion, heat stroke. Yes. This is a fact. Okay, this is the last point. Bono, they finally come out. He's running around on stage with a leather jacket. The whole concert, he doesn't take it off. I guess he's got ice packs. There's fans something's going on here it must be a trick because i was sitting there thinking he's gonna pass out fall out well up where we were even though it was open to the sky yeah you didn't have any airflow with all the bodies yes together it did get a little bit better as the sun went down not much but yeah but it was still miserable but by the end of the concert he takes off his leather jacket puts it over the microphone it ascends into the air he says we're gonna have to do this again i have a bone to pit with you bono you never came back come back but pick it in late fall yes please yeah or early spring. Yes. Anything. But we do want you to come back. I will tell you two things about that concert uh, that Mark has not mentioned. It was miserably hot to the point where I've got really long hair and it was at that time pretty thick. It's thinned out a little bit over the years and it's not bad, but but it's still long. My hair was full on sweat. It looked like I jumped out of the shower. Yeah. And the second thing is some drunk chick <laughs> and her friends. Oh, I forgot about this. It's great. Were, was walking up. <laughs> to get to their seats <laughs> and they chose the step right next to where we were sitting at the <laughs> aisle and she very drunkenly laughs and says i gotta rest she plopped down on and my and she yeah. sits on mark's lap and she looked at me and said you don't mind do you and i looked over at that woman <laughs> yeah death and blur. i was looking and i was sitting there thinking if blitz could kill i was counting down in my head she's got about three <laughs> and she, seconds and she noticed she noticed the look and she's like okay i'm gonna <laughs> yeah she looked over and saw my face because let me tell you she had about three seconds i was to get in off shock your... i never had that happen no to you me did look shocked in my life <laughs> but she had about three seconds to get up or i was gonna get her up it was so hot. Maybe she was delirious and drunk. Uh, it was she both. She was drunk, but I don't care. That was. <laughs> they were yeah. gonna have to get a stretcher for her. <laughs> they were. She was definitely gonna be getting up in a second. <laughs> it was already heated. But she got up. It was before, already heated. I. <laughs> she got up before either of us had to react. Oh, and and we had to walk about a mile away to get there too. Don't change the subject. No, I'm just saying we did. <laughs> we had to walk about a mile to get there too. Oh yeah, that, that didn't already help. got us hot. That didn't help. Yeah. But yeah, that'll definitely go down in history. But <laughs> I um, forgot about that tidbit. Yeah. Or maybe she, I chose to forget that. <laughs> she's lucky that she looked over and saw my face and moved when she did. If you're out there listening, you, you it was just, great. You just look kind of shocked. <laughs> yeah. 
he's he loves the fact that I got so uh, I'm laughing about upset it now. About it. At the time, I was like, somebody's gonna die. Me, her, and both of us. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. But um, it was an epic concert. Yeah, to see them in concert. Well, probably once in our lifetime. Oh yeah, it so, was amazing. I I'm so I couldn't happy. miss it. No, it, yeah. it, it, I'm very happy we did it. I I braved the heat and the heat stroke. Yes. Just for that, <laughs> that being said, now we're back down where the girls are sitting, and Paris and Rory are watching this show while Louise and Madeline are flirting with the guys and the row behind them. Then it returns to Lorelai and Suki. So it's just kind of a little quick check-in and then we're back to Lorelai and Suki. And Lorelai obviously has something on her mind because she says, hey, was Rachel pretty? And Lorelai's, uh, she's like, I'm just curious. Was she pretty? And Suki says she was pretty. And Lorelai's like, well, what what kind of pretty? And Suki's like, well, what do you mean, what kind of pretty? And Lorelai's like, I mean, like, was she a Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of pretty or a Michelle Pfeiffery? pretty or and Suki says she was an Elle McPherson kind of pretty and Lorelai goes really and she seems really surprised and kind of not very pleased <laughs> and when Suki says yes she says that's an intense kind of pretty and she says I never pictured Luke with an Elle McPherson kind of pretty and Suki says no pictured him more with a Lorelai Gilmore kind of pretty and yeah bingo Suki again so perceptive and now she's called Lorelai out for it but of course Lorelai won't ever admit that Suki's right here because she says oh you know the air up here must be very thin because you're delirious and Suki just comes out and says it and she says and you're jealous and Lorelai's like what and she says you're jealous of Rachel and Lorelai's like you're accusing me of being jealous of a woman who dumped a man I'm not even interested in five years ago mm -hmm. and Suki goes yes and Lorelai says and you don't think that's crazy and Suki's like oh, I don't think that's crazy. And Lorelai's like, right, I am not jealous. And Suki's like, yeah, yar. <laughs> yeah. So Lorelai scoffs, but Suki's nailed it. So there's no getting around it because Lorelai has spent this entire show bringing Rachel's name up again and again ever since she first learned about her. She's protesting too much. I mean, who would ask about that? I mean, I understand why they're having the conversation, like I said earlier. They might as well not yeah. even be there for the concert. They can't she's, she's, <laughs> see nothing. She's totally jealous, though. Yeah. There, there's no getting around it. All right, so we return down to where the girls are sitting. Louise is calling a guy gorgeous and Rory gives a kind of a non-committal agreement. And Louise says, listen, there's a massive party going on right now around the corner. And Rory's like, so? Louise says, so they just invited us. She says, Jess and Sean, we've been talking to them this whole time. They're extremely cool. Madeline's like, are we going? And Rory's like, there's a concert going on. And Louise is like, the band won't miss us. And Rory's like, we can't just leave, Louise. And she reminds them that they have to meet her mom after the show. But even Madeline's like, they're so cute. But Rory puts her foot down and she says, that's great, but we're not going anywhere. Louise is like, what are you afraid of? Of going into a strange city with two guys I don't know. Yeah. So Madeline asks, please, but Rory says no. <laughs> and Louise decides that she and Madeline are going to go anyway. And Rory argues, but Louise ignores her and asks Paris if she's coming. Surprisingly, Paris says no. And Louise gets up, tells Madeline to come with her, and Rory's like, and just what am I supposed to tell my mother? And Louise is like, that you're a very good little girl. <laughs> and she gets up and leaves. And Madeline at least stops on her way out to say which building the party is in. Yeah. And promises that they'll be back before the concert is over. No. Yeah. While all of this is going on, Paris has just been staring at the stage, grooving to the music, and she suddenly says, you know, I really like this band. 
<laughs> yeah, it's infectious. Yeah, so I have to say, this has happened to me before when I was a teenager and it irked me. I mean, I think it's rude when you have plans with people, and especially in this situation, you got free tickets to a concert that are expensive tickets and you disrespect the person that brought you and leave the person that you're supposed to be with. Cute guys or not, I thought that was kind of rude and disrespectful. Yeah, it's like Top Gun. You never leave your wingman. No. Or a woman. And another thing, I know it was a nice gesture to let them sit down front by themselves, but you don't want to leave hormone crazed 16 year olds to their own devices. Especially well, now hold on now. I went to a lot well, of concerts when I was well, 16. Well, Alone. Half of them. Two of them departed and went with their lust you know what i'm saying <laughs> you're not always thinking straight when you're at that age that's true you make poor Teenage, decisions teenagers sometimes. do go to concerts at that age alone yeah and they may make poor decisions and pay for it later so we'll see yeah but, you don't um, want to end up like lorelei though because no. those guys could have took advantage of them well know? and they already had that talk earlier yeah so the next scene rory and paris are waiting outside the concert so every, evidently it's over so they're, they're outside the theater and rory says that you know she can't find her mom or suki and suggests that they just stand and wait for him and she's fuming a bit because she's disbelieving that Madeline and Louise would just leave and Paris tells her they've done it before yeah and it's a pattern this with kind them. of gave me the notion that they might have ditched Paris before and although they've been nice to Rory lately and can be nice they're not super great friends and I feel like this kind of leaves an opening for Paris to pick a better friend yeah and if Lorelai knew that's how they were. They wouldn't have been sitting down there long. Yeah, probably not. No, they would have had at least one of them with, with yeah. each group. So, out of the blue, Rory then asks Paris, what could you possibly see in Tristan? And Paris just says she wouldn't understand. And Rory asks if it's just because he's cute, and Paris says that's part of it. And Rory thinks that there are plenty of cute guys in the world, but Paris is like, not like Tristan. <laughs> and Rory's like, he's just such a jerk. And Rory's like, he's not always a jerk. And Rory's like, okay, when is he not a jerk? And Paris is like, <laughs> to her, I've known Tristan a really long time okay we've been in the same class since kindergarten and Roy's like really and she's like yes and he has things in his life that are hard his parents not so great we have we have that in common yeah so I thought that was interesting so Paris likes him partly because she feels that they share some heavy burdens together you know yeah got some shared experiences maybe yeah similar past and circumstances tend to bond people together right but I don't think Tristan's <laughs> there with Paris. no no he's got another agenda but then she drops the bomb on Rory and she says he kissed me once. She goes on and explains in the sixth grade on a dare and Rory's like how romantic. And Paris is like, you just don't know him like I do, okay? And Rory's like, okay, I believe you. I just think maybe you could do better. So yeah. I thought that was a nice thing for Rory to say. But then strangely, Paris admits, I know he's flirting with me to get to you, but at least he's flirting with me. She's self-aware. Negative attention is good intention. I know, know? but I kind of thought that that was sad. It is. Because she's okay with somebody flirting with her, even if it's not real. She's settling for any kind of attention. attention. Yeah, it's sad. Because she doesn't get enough. Yeah. So this girl is badly in need of a good friend. And we're getting to see that now a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, it's building. It's, it's building. I like it, this. It's been building for several episodes, but it's really starting to get somewhere. She's softening to yeah. Roy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's reaching out for like almost like a mother and a sister. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it. So about that time, Lorelai arrives with Suki. She has t-shirts for the girl that she starts passing out and she notices that two of them are missing. Yeah, she's going to she, toss them. She's she, like... She's tossing them out and she... <laughs> 
realizes that there are two girls that she can't toss the t-shirts yeah, to. Yeah, she's holding them on to them. Like... And Rory tells her that they left. And Lorelai's like, excuse me? And Rory's like, Madeline Louise met these guys. And they and Lorelai's like, what guys? And Rory's like, says they'd been sitting behind them and Madeline Louise went to their party. Oh, no. And Lorelai looks ticked off and kind of flabbergasted. And she tells Suki what's going on. And she's shocked, too. Yeah. So Lorelai starts marching determinedly away. Let's and go. telling everyone, come on. Yeah, let's go. So Rightfully so. Now we're in an apartment building, and here comes Lorelai down the hallway <laughs> declaring that she came with four girls, and she's going home with four girls. <laughs> no and, girl left <laughs> Right. And she starts knocking on doors and asking about college boys who live there and if they have friends there, and she goes to the first door. The lady tells her, <laughs> I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> this, this is great. This is me. Go ahead. This, this is me right But here. she says, I don't talk to anybody. I, I can't remember exactly what oh, she said. Oh, I'll tell you. I don't know nobody. I don't, I don't talk, talk to nobody. People, people annoy me. Yeah. That's it. And she slams the door. <laughs> yeah, that was That's so me funny. right there. That's my response. So It reminds me of Vince and the Nerds, <laughs> where they're looking for a place to stay because they got kicked out of their, their dorm, got trashed by the Alpha Betas, uh-huh. and they're living in the gym. They're going out to find a place to live, and Booger goes up to this <laughs> house, <laughs> And the, the little mail flap opens, and there's two eyeballs. And he's like, I'm here about the room for it. Go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the room for it? Da, da, da. Go away. I ain't gonna say it. Yeah. But then he's like, nerd. <laughs> yes. God. I love that. That's that's kind of a classic. Boogers, my man. <laughs> yeah. So, Lorelai, when that door slams, she goes over to where Suki's listening at a door. And Suki stands up and just says, she found him with the blonde again. <laughs> so, Suki gets so involved with things that she hears. Yeah. So... Then they continue down the hallway, and Paris just looks over at Rory and says, she's going to knock on every door in the entire building, isn't she? And Rory goes, yep. yep. And Paris is like, wow. Really? Wow. And she says, I wonder if, if I was missing, if my mom would come looking for me like that. Nope. And Rory's like, Paris, you know she would. Mm-mm. She said, yeah, or at least she'd send somebody. Yeah, that's more like And I'm like, oh my God, this yeah. girl's killing me. That's sad. I'm getting a much clearer picture that's been, like we said, building over the last few episodes, that Paris has a very unhappy home life with a very unconventional and dysfunctional family situation. And it's starting to make her behavior and her attitudes a lot more clear. Yeah, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. I can relate to that somewhat. Not to that extreme. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel bad for Paris. I do too. Because I know how that feels. Well, this kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. A couple of the things that she said and and, yeah. So Lorelai knocks on another door when they can hear music coming from inside. A guy answers and it is the guy that, you know, it's Brandon Ralph character. And Rory (laughs) Rory tells her he's one of the guys that they saw at the concert. And Lorelai spots the girls across the room and says, "Uh, Hey, did you miss me? And Louise (laughs) says, Lorelai. And she says, Miss Gilmore, put the cuffs down. Let's move. Yeah, she's her friend faces off now. Oh, yeah. It's mom time. Yeah. (laughs) It's go time. (laughs) And one of the guys asks if there's a problem. And Lorelai gives him an earful. And she says, Yeah. See those two idiots over there? They're 16, underage, and I bet you're not. I also bet those big fancy party cups aren't holding lemonade. You really want to end any further conversation with me, so step aside, Skippy. Skippy. Move your (laughs) out now. And they kind of step aside. She says, hey, I'm not even going to begin to tell you how completely insane it is to take off with anyone that you don't know or drink things you don't know what's in them or act like you have a clue when you don't. But so help me God, if you ever pull a stunt like this again, it will not be around my kid. Do you understand me? This, and she's saying this to Madeline and Louise, this, this last part. This reeks of, I get these date rape vibes coming from these dudes. 
<coughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah, they're creepy. Cringy. And Madeline and Louise both say yes. And Lorelai says, good, now let's go. I can't wait to meet your parents. We have some catching <laughs> up to do. I think we'll just talk and talk and talk all night long. I love how Paris is back there smiling. She's eating this up. Uh, yeah. Because she, lo- she wants that kind of relationship. Yes. As they're walking off, Paris says, you know what? I think this is the best night I've ever had. Yeah, there it is. And I, I don't think it was just the concert she was talking no, about. No, no, no. It's everything. I think it was seeing what Lorelai just did. Their relationship. I think when you have a family that's basically ignoring you, she might be touched by seeing a mom who does care. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, it's possible I'm reading too uh, much. No, no, you're not. watching I'm to- Louise get no, in trouble. I'm totally connecting with Paris on this level. I think that she looked dead serious and oh, she yeah. really appreciated what Lorelai did. You long for that. You want somebody that cares for you. Exactly. To give a about you. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And also, this reminds me, here again, I'm going to have to say it. Eh. Never have I ever, since we're watching it constantly in a loop. Ben, when he goes to Davy's house, or he calls her David, anyways. He goes there because he's all upset. His family's basically abandoned him. His mom and dad mm-hmm. leave him to his own devices. They, he bails on him every chance he gets. It's really, I'm they're not going to give too they're much. They're never there. They're always out of town. Yeah, and there's always like, throw money at the problem. Yeah. At least he had that, I was telling you. I wish I would have had that. Party, $1,000, go nuts. His only parental influence was his house manager. Yeah, and that's sad. Yeah. And that's kind of like Paris, because when we find out later. Oh my God, that's exactly yeah. like but Paris. But I don't want to give that yeah, away right now. Yeah, okay, we're getting ahead. Yeah, Next I had a scene. light bulb moment, sorry. Next <laughs> scene, we cut to the rummage sale. Lane and Rory are walking together through the sale area, and Lane is lamenting the fact that she missed the concert. And Rory's telling her the concert was amazing, but Lane's like, forget about the concert. I wanted to see Lorelai pull those idiots out of that guy's <laughs> apartment. And Rory's uh, like, it definitely was a Kodak moment. Yeah. And Lorelai walks up and tells Rory that she didn't wake her up. And Rory answers that she set the clock. Lorelai's like, yes, but see, the clock stops ringing once I throw it against the wall. Gives me ample time to fall back to sleep. You, however, never stop yapping, no matter how hard I throw you, thus ensuring the wake-up process. I love this, and it sounds very much like someone I know. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> yes. But it reminds me of that movie, Rote, we just but saw. But it actually also reminds me of you. Yeah, and it reminds me of that movie, Rote, we just saw, where he's stayed out late. and It's twice that alarm goes off, and I just wanted to destroy it, but the second time is friends out there saying i see you peeking out the window get up you're right. staying out one in the morning also miss kim was worried about lane going yeah th- that's what she would have done but no she would have stayed at the concert she would have stayed get, at the yeah. concert she'd have been she's, she's acting like lane is like louise and madeline, madeline but yeah. she's not all right so lane goes off to get herself a soda and rory some gum Lorelai asks Rory if she's talked to anyone that day. And Rory says if she means the three girls, no, she hasn't. But she does think school tomorrow will be interesting. And uh, Lorelai says, oh, yes, story of Rory's bangles. (laughs) Bangles obsessed mother ripping open apartment doors, scaring the pointy haired uh, boys. Pointy yeah, hair. Boys, yeah. And Rory's like, totally uncool, man. And Lorelai's like, I had to do it, Rory. They could have gotten hurt. Yeah. And Rory's like, More I, ways you than know, one. she understands. Yeah. And Lorelai says the thought, you know, inviting them out would make things easier for her at school. And Rory responds that, you know, it is overrated. And Lorelai says, oh, that's my twisted girl. And Rory's like, plus, Paris decided to let me split the debate time with her. Oh, a hey, little, little, little bit of a give there. there. Yeah. yeah. Lorelai's like, wow, wait. 
why am I wowing? <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Really? And Rory <laughs> says, because splitting debate time with Paris is like doing that whole spitting in your palm and shaking hands friendship oath thing. <laughs> and then Lorelai, yeah, in yeah. other words, it's a knowledge branch and it's a truce. Yeah. So at that point, Lorelai gets a little distracted and she runs off to catch up with Luke. And she starts with the small talk, ask him if he found anything good. And he tells her he'd found a refrigerator magnet shaped like sushi. So he <laughs> scored. Before she can broach the Rachel and sweatshirt subject, though, Luke says, hey, um, look about that thing that happened the other day. And Lorelai said, oh, you know, forget it. And he says, I was a jerk. I didn't mean it. And she says, I know, really. And Luke's like, yeah, well, I'm, I am sorry. And she says, I wanted to give this back to you. And she offers him Rachel's sweatshirt. That was nice. And he says, oh, no, you bought it. And she says, I know, but it's yours, and I didn't know. He says, you didn't know. And she's like, about the former owner. And she said, if I had, I wouldn't have flaunted it in front of you like that. Yeah. And he said, hey, it's not a big deal. I was having a bad day. That's it. Now I got magnetic sushi and all is right with the world. <laughs> And Lorelai says, okay, good. So here, it all obviously means something to you. And he says, but you have to let things go eventually, right? And she says, yeah, but sometimes you need a little something to remind you. She said, I mean, you wouldn't want to forget about everything, would you? And he says, no, there was some stuff that I definitely would not want to forget. And she says, well, here, so you don't forget. And he thanks her and asks if he can pay her for it. And she's um, like, in coffee? Absolutely. And he says, all right. He said, I'm not pining, you know. Mm -hmm. And she said, I know. And uh, she says, just remembering. And she says, got it. <laughs> and he said, remembering is not pining. Make that clear. And she says, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And he says, it's just like a memento, like restaurant matches. <laughs> yeah, right. And Lorelai can see, says, I can see the resemblance. <laughs> and he says, okay, well, good. And she says, bye, Luke. And he says, bye. That's more than so, just restaurant matches. <laughs> as much as I know he has strong feelings for Lorelai, apparently he does still have some lingering feelings for this girl rachel you know that he's not quite let go of yet well, well we know that when luke is involved with somebody it's intense oh yeah it's serious yes it's not just some like Lorelai, he's a one Lorelai tends woman, to flutter around man. like a hummingbird you yeah. know from flower to flower but no luke's not that he's all in yeah and speaking of all in we're going to talk about his podcast yep right now. now is the time because that was the end of the episode <laughs> like my time there i can't be good sometimes <laughs> Scott Patterson's podcast. Well, there's two of them again. There's the one about this episode. What the do you think you're wearing? Which we know what that is referenced to. The yes. Uh -huh. And okay, so they basically touched on everything. The main points of the show. We pretty much did the same. So I'm gonna just go quickly here. The highlights. Now they mentioned the bangles and the silly wall. Steve Martin did the King Tut thing. You know, he had a whole thing where he went around performing that, which is funny. Did you think that walk was silly? Everybody was doing it. I did. It was like a little what would you call a trend nowadays, right? It was a fad. But out of all their songs. They didn't mention my favorite. Which and was? In Your Room. I love that song. Yeah, it's, it's got that song. beat to it. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, go listen to that if you haven't heard it. Scott described how Luke is a little intense at times. Can tend to be. And that sweatshirt definitely triggered him. Oh, yeah, he was triggered. Yeah, like I said just now, he's holding on to these. It's like old love letters. I mean, I get all that. But there's times when if you're with someone else, you need to... I think there comes a point where you need to discard that stuff. Yeah. To break. Well, obviously, he had discarded it. Yeah, he I, made I that step. But when she showed up wearing it, yeah. that triggered him into, I'm not ready to let that go. And definitely not seeing it on somebody who's interested now. That's true. That's a double whammy. 
Maybe that actually was part of the trigger. Yeah. So, you remember last podcast, they kept riding him about maybe sometimes we could... Uh, yeah, yeah, the date that didn't get set. They're still... Riley and Danielle are still hanging on to this. And they're kind of riding him about it. <laughs> His accent, how he keeps stammering around it. They want to see progression there. Oh, yeah. So, this was funny to me. Remember how in the last podcast, he was talking about his movie debut, Intent to Kill, with Tracy uh-huh. Lords in the Wiener Warehouse, abandoned yes. Wiener? Well, this is funny, because he, at five years old, with his six-year-old sister, his dad roped them into doing a Harvest sausage commercial. Wow. <laughs> this ties in. A lot, of, a lot of sausage fest going on around here. Okay. <laughs> This is funny because Danielle, in turn, brings up John Hamm. You need to go Google him and Google eggplant. Wow. Because evidently, I, I went in Gilmore, unfortunately. And I was exposed to John Hamm's commando-wearing free willy himself out there. Oh, my God. Yes, you can definitely see the outline and everything. Oh, God. It, yes, it's a little... What would you call that? Uh, I don't want to call it anything. I think I'll stop here. <laughs> it's definitely X-rated and, and crass. I'll just say. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, Scott picked his favorite line. He wasn't playing games. He actually picked one of mine. I'm going to go ahead and give this away since we're talking about it. So you're giving your lore line away? Well, one of them. He picked this one. It was great. The lady at the door in the apartment, the first door Lorelai goes to. I don't talk to nobody. I don't know nobody. People annoy me. She slammed the door. Yeah, that was that is kind of like Luke. That and that's like me. Like I said, that's pretty much that. I don't want to go further because you can get all the highlights. But that was just funny to me. The whole sausage that that went off into another direction. Y'all, oh yeah, y'all were a little off the rails there. Not I need expecting. to. I need to reel it back in. Get on point there, guys. Uh. Uh, so the second podcast. Okay, this really got to me. Where you lead was the title of it. There was this 18 year old woman named Maya, and she does a podcast for patients at the Children's Hospital of Colorado. It's a foundation Ryan Seacrest created. He spent millions of his own money. It's the Seacrest Studios there. What he allows her to do, a little backstory on her. She had a brain tumor. She's a patient there. She's a survivor. She has challenges, but she does a podcast for the hospital. Yeah. And they broadcast it there for the patients. Mm-hmm. She asked Scott to be on her podcast. Aww. Yes, this was, like I said, it touched me. It's very inspiring. And she gave a great interview. She asked a lot of good questions of Scott. You need to go listen to it. I'm not going to go all over all that. But Scott talked about how hard it was for him to prepare for his own podcast. Time and the effort. And he was very impressed how she was handling that. And I think we both can agree how hard it is to do a podcast. It's harder than you thought. It takes a lot of time. A lot of time and effort. Yes, it's a labor of love, like I said. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. And he has a team helping him. I mean, you spend spend hours researching, hours preparing what you're going to say. And we don't have anybody but us exactly and she doesn't have anybody but her right and she has the that's challenge. a lot of work i'm impressed with you maya yeah personally that is very impressive that interview was awesome you <coughs> did a great job our love and prayers go out to all of you there thank you to ryan seacrest for making it all possible for you guys and scott for having her on his podcast that was awesome that was nice very nice awesome everybody listen to that Definitely. so you already gave your laura line away yeah i had one more okay it was my grandmother in oh, uh, laura- yeah 
Yeah. Well, then keep your knees shut when yeah. parents said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> so that related to my grandma's. So my Lorelai is the one where Lorelai has found the girls in the apartment building. I'm not going to read it the whole thing because it's long and I've already said it not long ago, yeah. earlier, a few minutes ago. But it's where she goes off on the guys about how, you know, they've lured underage girls in there. Basically, and then she goes, yeah. Do you understand me? <laughs> she, then she goes off on the girls. You get me, sir? About endangering themselves and yeah. doing it around her daughter and how she's going to be getting with their moms and talking and long talking and talk. talking long into the night. We get you, ma'am. And... <laughs> The reason I picked this one, because I actually had like five or six picked out to choose from, but I picked this one because it showed a, a more rare moment where Lorelai is being a mom-mom and very responsible, very serious. You've had to do that. And I mean, I knew she had she had to have had moments like that, yeah. but it was nice for us to get to see one in a very big way. I really enjoyed seeing the mom side of Lorelai. I've seen you do that. Be nice all the way home. Oh, <laughs> just it yeah. was all the way home. <laughs> that conversation lasted about thirty minutes with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just that clip. No. 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 Okay, so what was your Rory? for this episode. It's the whole overview of Rory Paris building that budding friendship and also a specific one was when Lorelai gave the sweater back. Oh yeah, I like that one too. Because that showed that she understood. She put it together before he had to even say anything and she did that kindness to him. (coughs) Giving it back to him. I like that too. That was good. My Rory, I want to give an honorable mention to the conversations Lorelai had with Suki where Lorelai is clearly jealous of the mysterious Rachel. How Suki knows her friend so well and is able to be so perceptive and I I like that friend dynamic between the two of them. My Rory that I picked out for this episode, I just, I think I'll give this one to the moments between Rory and Paris. I see a change of attitude there and I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah, I agree with that. So what about your Emily? Well, I got two again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This was hard because it was Luke lashing out. There were a lot of moments I wanted to pick. Lorelai walking into Luke's bus saw about the sweatshirt just being kind of intense there and blasting her. Like, what did I do wrong? And also when Louise and Madeline decided to get up at the concert and leave. Okay, this is funny because the shout out, Emily, that I'm going to give, which was the runner up, was the rudeness of the girls ditching Rory at the concert when they had been given expensive tickets. I thought it was. We are. (laughs) I thought it was rude. I thought it was rude and considerate. <laughs> the actual Emily for this one for me was the confrontation in the <laughs> diner when Luke went off on Lorelai. So you went in reverse. I, yes. I went in <laughs> I hate to see them fight. Okay. And I've never seen Luke treat her that way. So it was like. That was harsh. Several steps forward, but quite a few steps back. No, that was a slam. It was very, face. yeah. It was a very harsh. Door. I hated that scene. I just hate it. It was so cringy. I just hated for it's, them to be like that together. speaking to that, that last scene, how many times have you experienced that? Tell between my legs, I um, want to apologize. I was yeah. upset about this yeah. and it just hit me the wrong way. And well, excuse, I've been on, excuse, excuse. I've been on both <laughs> ends of that. Yeah. But yes, agreed. <laughs> so what would you rate so this one? So I apologize one? for any future infractions. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Okay. Got it. Same. I would rate this a four out of five hollow stars. Strangely enough, I didn't miss that there were no Friday night dinners. The show moved quickly for me. It was a very fast show. I loved the budding relationship with Roy and Paris and 
getting to see more of Paris's what's going on inside. Scratching the surface there. Love the Bangles concert. Love the 80s, of course. Also... Did you sneak and read my no. stuff? No. Dang. Okay. <laughs> I promise. Okay. We get to see the backstory and insight into Luke's history a little bit with Rachel. Yeah. That's interesting. Fascinating. 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 Quite. As well as Lorelai's reactions and her struggling to deal with her jealousy, even that she didn't even know she had. Maybe and still isn't admitting. Yeah, she's coming to some self-actualization there, you know? <laughs> it's just a great episode all the way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually gave it a four out of five Hollow Stars as well. I loved the Bengals cameo. Yeah. I liked the building relationship between Paris and Rory. I loved, once again, always loved seeing the friendship moments between Lorelai and Suki and once again Suki handing out that perceptive wisdom and as much as I want Luke and Lorelai together I think it was kind of realistic to see them have an argument even though it was harsh and it was difficult to watch it just shows that he has multiple nuances he's always been this with her he's very flirty and caters basically to her. caters yeah. to her yes yeah. and for once he didn't because there's something deep inside that she didn't know about. And struck so it's that like, nerve yeah, and it's pulled a layer back on Luke that we didn't know yeah. was there. So I thought that was really nice. And then Lorelai's selfless moment where she gave up concert tickets to great seats for a band that she absolutely loved. So that way her daughter could make friends. I just, I just thought that was really sweet. I strangely did not mind there not being a Friday night dinner on this one either. I think it was just because there was so much building of momentum between other relationships and so much happening, so much being revealed about people's insides like Paris and who she truly is and what she's dealing with and Luke and and things that we didn't know about him and stuff like that. So I, I think that it kept my attention to the point where I didn't get a chance to miss that. I think we came to the same consensus on this whole episode. <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, we did, and you didn't even let me look, and I didn't sneak and peek. <laughs> no, no, we didn't see each other's. Uh, we, well, we really never share. Ahead we try of time. not to because yeah. we don't. We, we don't, I don't want to influence. We your, don't have the same opinion. I don't want to influence your choices. Yeah. And I don't want you to influence mine. We want to have a free discussion. We want to hear from you guys, too. I want to hear some concert stories. Good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Those are great stories. So if you experienced any great concerts, bad concerts, seating nightmares, sitting beside people nightmares, there's all kinds of getting even thrown up on. I've heard those. I've... Oh, dude. <laughs> that happened to us when we went to Motley Crue. And <laughs> what was the other band? It opened for them. Gosh, I can't even remember. Oh, I can't remember. (laughs) Was it Poison again? It might have been. I think it was. No, Cinderella. No, yeah. Okay, Cinderella, Motley Crue. And we were down close to the front on this one. And we were in the seat seats, you know, the fold-out seats. And somebody had barfed in, thankfully not on our seats, but on the seat right behind us to where we were sitting there having to smell it. Yeah. And we had to finally call an usher and say, dude, do something about this, please. It was just rough. That reminds me of one more story. Uh, <laughs> we had season tickets to... Are you getting the notion, people, that we get... we? used to go to a lot of concerts well, together. we had season tickets to the Predators a while back. And oh my gosh. We came, there had been a concert the night before uh, and somebody had spewed all over the seats behind, behind us. us and it ran down under and they did not clean it up very well. No, they, they didn't clean it at all. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be generous, but no. so we had to get a cleaning crew to come down, and so yeah. we missed a lot of the first period. So <laughs> it yeah, it took that long to clean it up, if you can imagine. Yeah. We were on the second level too, so 
We've, it was probably running down. <laughs> we've seen a lot of concerts. We've seen a lot of plays. We live in Tennessee, but we, we've made a jaunt to, a weekend jaunt to New York just to see Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Yeah. We go to little things like that. Vegas, Britney Spears. What was that, what was uh, that Chinese thing that we went to? That was such a fantastic show. We also went to that horse show. Yeah, we uh, went to a horse show. That where was it, great. That was out Oh, tent. that was amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. We Arabians. Went, yes, beautiful yeah. horses. And we went to a, gosh, I wish I could remember that Chinese show we went to it was amazing oh gosh it's gonna kill me we also, it was very Cirque du Soleil we also did a lot of dinner shows especially when we travel and yes. my favorites of all time medieval is medieval times, times. Yeah. medieval <laughs> the cable times guy. and also that pirate dinner show that yes was you got pulled out yes, from and, the audience and I had to go that, out there and I had that little bitty vest they tried to put on me and it was I was busting because I'm so big <laughs> Yeah, he, Mark's. A I was big, on the treasure train. Mark's a big chested dude with broad shoulders, yeah. and that little vest was not working on him. I look like a little. What I look like tattoo from Fantasy I do. I don't we know. We got the we got the tape to prove it. Yeah, I'm, you're blackmailing me with that. Yeah, that's that, that was, was hilarious. But we go to a lot of things like that, or did before COVID hit. But yeah. I don't know how that's going to work in the future. But we have since watched a couple of concerts on cable since we've been home. Speaking of Cirque du Soleil, we went there too. Yes, you, we did. You went. We to, saw the Avatar Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, that was awesome. That and, was amazing. But you went to see the Blue Man Group on one of your oh, Vegas. Oh, the Blue Man Group yeah. is so cool. One I didn't get Vegas to see trips, that. Where I've been to Katy Perry with my daughter. I took you to BB King and Buddy Guy. And, yeah, and I like that because he went got to out. See he that. went out in the uh, crowd and was playing the guitar running around that was awesome we've seen Lifehouse about three times yeah that's one of my favorite bands along with Switchfoot yeah and John Mayer and, and John Keith Mayer Urban. twice yeah we got better seats the second time with John Mayer yeah Keith Urban does the run around thing too he's awesome he gives his guitar both away. of them are amazing yeah. guitar players and I just love to sit and watch them just play the guitar yeah anyway Huey we, Lewis in the news oh we went to that yeah that's another yes, 80s we did. shout out yep and okay. also that's sad that he's lost his hearing a little bit and, yeah yeah, I hate that. At least we got to see him. Yes. Okay, so I guess we've thrown enough of our concert antics at you guys. There's many more. I'm not yeah, thinking there of, are. but yeah. that's the ones that come to mind. Yeah. So, um... Oh, speaking of uh, one more I want to mention. <laughs> uh, of course, Metallica, but I saw Skid Row. And, of course, Skid Row's Sebastian Bach. I saw Metallica is, when I was 16. Is Gil. Oh, yeah. On the show, on Gilmore Girls. So I yes. wanted to shout him out. He's I, awesome. I love him as Gil. Yeah. He's great. I've even seen The Village People. I was at... Now, Me- don't tell me how. I, I saw did. Metallica when I was 16. I saw Aerosmith when I was 18. Um, yeah, I saw Green Day. There's so many. I'm, yeah, there are a lot. I'm thinking of them off the top and, of my head. Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've also seen... I love Darius Rucker. Don't ask me how. Rob Zombie. So, yeah. Wow. I've run the gamut. <laughs> On music, I, yeah, I'm a we're, music we're kind of all we're kind of all over the place. I love when it music. Comes to music. I've seen George Strait. I've, I've seen all all the countries. I've been to multiple operas. I yeah. love opera. I mean, I love pretty much every. Been to opera numerous times. I've seen yep. Johnny Cash. You've seen all of those. Oh, I've seen them yeah, all. You've seen them all. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to leave. We'll, the rest we'll quit of... name dropping yeah. like Ben and. Uh, Who's, yeah, who's yeah. that other guy, that little actor in there? <laughs> they name drop left. One thing I was taught was never to name drop as he's name dropping like five people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but 
we just had fun with those concerts. Yeah. We thought we'd share. Reminiscing. Yeah, just reminiscing with you guys. All right, so thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. Oh, I need to mention these, too. Oh, okay. Rod Stewart, The Monkees, <laughs> Hermit's Hermit, Gary Puckett. My mom took me to this, like, 60s, 50s reunion thing. I saw all of them. Wow. And, and in the 80s. That's cool. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Cool. Yeah. So. Things are coming to mind as I'm thinking. Okay, I'm cutting you off. All right, cut me off. All right. Thank you guys for sticking with us yeah. even further. We trudged through. Yeah. And. Uh, tell us your stories. Yes, please do. Write in and tell us your stories. Tell our us your great concerts. Instagram. Yeah, or post on our Instagram. Let us know. We'll um, reply. Yes. Follow us on Instagram and get ready to Ready, Set, Stream Season 1, Episode 14. Shalom, and y'all. We will talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.